0: Yes, it is Selection Sunday. We are the three men of the weave, and we are here with another Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. Fellas, this is it. This is the very last day of the season before the NCAA tournament. We cannot be more excited to find out our Field of 68. Got some intriguing championship games here, some bubble implications on the line. Only five games today, but gosh, they're good. But first, Jim takeaways
1: from yesterday. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, My takeaways, Kai, is that everyone should stay up late and watch the late games because A, uh, Pac-12 was phenomenal. That wasn't that late. Uh, But the Big West game, the nightcap, was really an excellent game. A lot of shot making on both sides and the teams combined to shoot like 50% from three. The only disappointment, Matthew, was the final possession for Long Beach was as bad as it gets. uh, One of the worst crunch time possessions of the year. Wendell Green would have clowned on that last possession. That's how bad it was. Uh, So the beach heading home and we have Fullerton, the Titans, into our field, Matthew.
2: Yeah, general theme yesterday. um, A lot of great games, but a lot of poor late game execution. And I want to continue to underscore the frustration we have with the Zebras. Um, just a lot of tough Boy. calls. So just a and yesterday yeah, they yeah. weren't necessarily in pivotal moments or a few, but just in general, I thought the quality of the fishing was, was terrible. And I'm sure that'll be a common narrative as it just is every charge. time this year. You block charge, you gotta get that straightened out. Yeah. Um, but hey, the hook and hold emphasis. I'm glad we're really focusing on that. <laughs> Kai, I'm very impressed with Memphis. I saw Sam Massini tweet out they are top 10 in Bart Torric in both offense and defense since I believe the beginning of February. Actually, that might go back even farther. I might have that date time stamp oh. wrong. Yeah, they've been awesome. Um hmm. Point simple other they got houston today we'll see if they can complete the uh complete the, this run through the aac tournament i think they are as dangerous as any team right now heading into the field so they, they will be vastly underseed because of what they were to start the year but um pretty all in on this memphis team
0: yeah they've been good the offensive stat matt i think is uh, something i didn't realize and maybe most wouldn't I think memphis defense but Yes, good observation. Thank you, Sam Bocini, for, for the tweet. A friend of the of the, show, of the show of the of the weave. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk championship games. Our first one today is the Ivy, Yale versus Princeton at Harvard. Princeton won this first matchup, Matthew, but Yale had a second half lead. Does Yale have an answer for Tosan? I'm not sure there is one. What do you think?
2: Yeah, Yale couldn't stop spinoso yesterday for Penn. um it it's been kind of a achilles heel of a lot of these ivy teams and that's why i think Penn's had an advantage because they have like a legit low post guy and toes can play inside out through um and it was odd to see yale you know beat up inside yesterday like that but i, I still like Yale in the number guy i think this line should be closer to pick um in general jim i just think the athletic guards that yale brings to the table can cause somewhat of a uh, a challenge for the Princeton guards not named Jalen Llewellyn, who was phenomenal yesterday, by the way. He's finally become the, uh, you know, the, the star that we thought he'd be, the former four-star from Canada. Um, but I think the depth of guard that Yale brings to bear uh, with, uh, with, with Gabadon, Cotton, and, and, and Azar, our boy Swain. I lean Yale pretty hard, Jimmy.
1: Yeah, the, the Princeton defense doesn't really stop anybody. I mean, Cornell kind of lit him up yesterday. Um, the, the guards can get into gaps for Yale and, and kind of create havoc there. But it, Tosan is a major, major problem. If you have to double him, Princeton's just going to light you up from deep. And, and I'm concerned that Yale's going to have to double him. Maybe the Yale rotations will be good enough. Uh, and James Jones is a terrific coach. They will be disciplined in how they do that. Uh, but I do have some worries with, with what he can do. He's, he's weirdly like most dangerous as a big man. From the top of the key, like that—that's what terrifies me. In the post, like yes, he's a good post player, but when he's driving somebody who is probably roughly as quick as him, maybe a little slower, and then he's also usually stronger in the Ivy League, uh, mm. that's that's scary. That Princeton is a team that doesn't really scare me outside of the Ivy because I think Tosan yeah, is I agree. E- easily coverable for a lot of high major teams, but in the Ivy, he's a major matchup problem. Uh, but Matt, I'm with you on the number. These teams split; they both won on each other's home courts. Uh, I definitely think Yale can hang around. So I'm leaning Yale on the number as well, Kai. Yeah, Swain versus Wellen. That's the the guard battle we're going to get to see. Swain was awesome
0: against Penn, uh, as he usually is. He's a fantastic player. Athleticism edge, probably Princeton. That's a little scary. But for my money, and I think Mitch Anderson is a great coach,
1: You don't don't think so, Jim? I I think at the the Tosan spot, it's an edge, but like the Gabadon Cotton duo is like, there's nobody that can match them athletic wise on the wing. So
0: fair point. Fair point. Uh, Mitch Henderson, Princeton's coach. I think he's great. He is great. For my money, Jones is the best in the Ivy. The Ivy runs through Yale. I think it's close, and I'm going to take the dog. Yale plus three is my best bet. Yale Um, plus three, best bet. Getting it
1: in early. Let's go Bulldogs. That game tips pretty soon. Yeah, Yeah. I'll mention my boy, Matt Noling for Yale. He's really emerged into like a viable piece for them up front. Maybe he's not quite big enough to guard Tosan, but he gives them a a decent option there. Yes, indeed. All right, next game, Richmond
0: versus Davidson. These are in chronological order uh, for your viewing pleasure. Uh, The last three days, Jim, is the version of Richmond – We hoped we saw the past two seasons. They're experienced, they're talented, they play great offense.
1: Why haven't they won consistently? And can they do it today? Uh, Yeah, the defense hasn't really been there. Um, I I will say they, you know, they've won two of these games, but they were like a 10% chance to win both the Rhode Island game and the Dayton game, and they came all the way back in the second half from double digits down. Gilliard's been incredible. Matthew, it, has, mm-hmm. it hasn't been the Burton show, and I kind of think that's better for the yes, Burton. Yes, more balanced, 100% Burton, like, agree. Let's not just give it to Burton and be like, well, you're a future yeah. pro, figure it out. Right. Uh, the balance has been great. The defense has been a lot better. So I, I, will, I will tip my cap there. I don't know. It, this one felt a little short to me, though. Davidson looked like a freaking juggernaut yesterday. They clowned slew. It, it was never close mm-hmm. in the second half. Uh, so I'm, I'm concerned the Wildcats with all their shooting – It's just going to be a little bit too much for Richmond. Uh, But I also respect the run Richmond's on. Uh, This one is a hard no-take for me, Matthias. I'm on the Itsy Bitsy Spiders. That's
2: Riley on this one. Uh, It's three right now, the Itsy Bitsy. That's right, Kai. Arachnids assemble. Richmond did get them. I'm sorry, Davidson did get Richmond in the regular season match. They only played once. The thing with the Richmond run is you have to look at that game yesterday Very clear line between um, Malachi Smith getting hurt for Dayton and then Richmond kind of forging that comeback. So I think a lot of Dayton fans were up in arms thinking we are the better team. We should have won. Have that. If we don't have that mid-game injury, we probably do win. I'm not all the way sold on that. Um, but I do think you have to mention that asterisk when looking at this run so far, Kai. I'm with you, though. I'm still believing this Richmond team. Jim mentioned the point about this team having more balance, Gilliard being more of the catalyst as opposed to forcing it to Burton, who's terrific. But I think you're right. The offense is overly concentrated in his hands a little bit too often. Um, don't want to fade Davidson, but I think Richmond's the right side today. I took four. Hard for me to endorse, endorse three.
1: But yeah, typically yeah. not your best bet, right?
2: Not my best bet.
0: Okay. I, I lean Richmond as well here. Uh, yeah, Davidson's looked impressive. Crush Fordham, crush Slew. they're in the tournament, win or lose. Um, I, I don't think they're going to take their foot off the pedal necessarily, but that is nice to know. And they're back in the background. Hey, if they lose, they probably still in the tournament.
1: Excuse yeah, me. One there's, there's there's a chance. Uh, I've seen a couple of bracketologists say that if they lose, they might have to go to Dayton. which right. yep. there's obviously some you know you want to avoid that, but uh, mm-hmm. I, that's no lock either. It's just something they probably would, would maybe be concerned about. Yeah, I don't see them falling out of the field. Uh, little defense
0: will be played. Both teams scored over 1.24 points per possession in the first game. I expect the same today. I expect execution. I expect little stops. So I do lean towards the over in this game. I lean towards the dog as well. Mooney saves his job, gets his spider to the dance, and they become a massively, massively tough 12 seed for, for a five seed in the tournament. Is Richmond a Q2?
2: With it a Q2 or Q3 loss for? Uh... Uh, Q2. They're in the top Q2. 100. Okay, the top uh, 100, right.
1: Uh, the one thing I want to mention, yeah, Kai, you, you said you like the over. I kind of do too. The total is is like nine points less than where Ken Palm has it. We're going to talk Purdue mm-hmm. Iowa in a second. It's the same way. Uh, I think these books are really fighting the understeam and the yeah. unders that have been hitting like crazy, uh, and so that's that's perfect evidence of it. I think there might actually be a little edge on the over there.
2: I think they over-adjusted. I think they're saying, I dare you to bet overs. And, yeah, a couple other games we're seeing some over money as well, which is shocking. Usually you just don't see that in championship semis.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next game, SEC, Texas A&M. Wow. The darling of the SEC tournament. They're playing Tennessee. Matt, it's A&M's fourth game in four days. Tennessee wins. They could get a two seed in the tournament. In fact, I think they might get there, depending on how much the committee is married to Duke. That is, uh, I think, who they're jostling with right now in the 2-3 to three line. And A&M has played its way into the bubble conversation. They're now top 45 in Kimpom. There's a chance they're in if they lose, but it's dicey. They probably need to win this game. What do you think? Yeah,
2: the number feels a little bit high, just given how well a and is playing. I just don't like laying a, a large-ish number with the Vols. But, hey, the Vols have kind of reverted back to that dominant team I thought we'd see a preseason. Even with a banged-up Kennedy Chandler, he was – fantastic yesterday and led the way with awesome. 19 points. just Did absolutely awesome. Like Did not look hurt at all. I love mean, those little rope-a-dope from Barnes, but no, he was great. Uh, and Ziegler, the other uh, Dynamo there was doing his thing as well. It's fun when Tennessee kind of has this jolt of speed and playmaking in the backcourt. Just something, even though they rely heavily on shot making and like those curls, that mover-blocker type of offense they run. Uh, I like when when those, when those Ziegler and, and Chandler are kind of dueling dragons there, making their way, cutting through people uh, off the dribble. Jim, that said, though, A&M can defend. They got athletes. They're long. Uh, we talked about Quentin Jackson becoming a subtle star recently. I actually lean the Aggies on the number, but uh, hoping my Vols get the
1: win so they can climb up that seed line. I, I lean Aggies too, to, to be clear. I just If I was doing a side best bet today, I think it would be Texas A. M, but I'm sticking with only one. It's a total, what do you know? Um, they, they, I just filtered Bart Torvick for uh, ever since Marcus Williams got hurt for Texas A. M. He stopped playing on the 19th. That was his last game where he got any minutes. Do you guys have a guess as to where AM ranks since that day? They are 7-0. Oh, wow. Top 30. Uh, 20. Tell top me.
2: 30.
1: Tell They're me. fourth. Wow. Fourth. Iowa, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Texas A&M. And fifth Jesus. is Tennessee. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee's been awesome, too. They're undefeated <laughs> since that date as well. But I kind of buy that this version is excellent. It's sorted out the petting order, pecking order for them. Uh, Quentin Jackson's been incredible, like you mentioned, yep. Matt. You know, Wade Taylor's been really good, and Henry Coleman's playing big minutes. If he gets in foul trouble, that's a concern. Um, he played like 36 minutes against Auburn. What do you know? You get a great performance out of them. Uh, Coleman is huge for them. I, yeah, I, I think Texas A&M is a little like Virginia Tech yesterday, yep. where getting a touchdown, rolling fourth game in four days. Uh, I'm buying the Buzz Williams stock here, Kai. I think they at least hang around and maybe even went out right. Yeah, Buzz Williams, fantastic coach. Uh, just great job this year. Hey, you
0: got the program where, they, where it needed to be. We thought it would happen. Took a little bit longer, maybe than most thought, but they're there or they almost are. At least you mentioned seven straight wins, eight of the last nine too, and eight of the last nine, and they've covered. They are they're playing extremely well right now down the stretch. Their athleticism might be stymied a bit against Tennessee. They, I mean, Quentin Jackson is one of the most athletic players I've watched this season. Maybe Tennessee can handle that better. Kennedy Chandler certainly looked fine against Kentucky, by the way. I think we thought he'd be a little banged up. No, nope. yeah. just fine against Kentucky. Yeah, he's fine.
2: The uh, elephant in the room with AM is the loss of Marcus. Marcus Williams really like fueled this team because it basically allows him to put Wade Taylor, who's just a bulldog defender, Quentin Jackson now has more usage, so he's blossoming. Uh, Radford's obviously playing like a star at times. So I
0: think that Radford's was like in a disguise
1: shooter now. Apparently, yeah. yeah. yeah one that's thing why, uh, that's why I said it, Matt. Like since Marcus Williams got hurt, they're the number that, four that's, team in the country.
0: That's the that's the that's the switch. It's weird, very weird. Uh, Tennessee did win the first game by 10 between these two teams. Uh, grabbed over 51% of their offensive rebounds. Wow. Scored it well. I think Texas and though is on the is on the spread though. I I will take them against the uh, Tennessee. Yeah.
1: Memphis. What? I'm just looking at A&M's lineup from that game. And it's really yeah. weird. Like Buzz has changed starting lineups a bunch this season. Yeah, that's, was, that's I was just like, it was, man, it's, don't it's put game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that game, you're gonna see like a totally different rotation. Right. Yeah, can't put too much stock in it.
0: Next game, AAC Memphis versus Houston. Houston has a chance at a four seed. Would think they get it with a win here with the way Providence uh, performed against Creighton as it gets another Q1 win on the board for Houston. That's something they very much lack on their resume right now. Jim, of course, Memphis is in no matter what. Amazing revival for them. Can they beat Houston for a third time this season? That seems unfathomable.
1: I, it, I think they probably can, to be honest. Um, they just match up really well with them. They negate a lot of what Houston's normal edges are, the physicality, the offensive rebounding. Uh, Memphis can compete with them physically. They're maybe even bigger. Uh, Matt, you can talk a little more about Mr. Fabian White and his, his back tightening up yesterday. If he doesn't yeah. play, uh, that could be an issue. Um, and the, these games, we know we don't, they don't factor as much into seating on Sunday because the committee just is backed up against the time wall. Uh, so that is a little bit of concern. Maybe Houston is just like, all right, let, let's get to the tournament. No more injuries. We are already so depleted. Um, yeah, I, I that, that, that has some sort of alarm to me, but man, I'm going best bet under, uh, I have to give an under today. It would be against my brand oh boy to not give an under here on championship Sunday. This is one that is well below the Ken Palm total. I will note that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the first game between these two is more indicative uh, of how it will go than the second one. Uh, really, really inefficient scoring. Uh, I do think Houston will be uh, liable to slow it down, too, considering their lack of depth and the, the tournament on the horizon. Just have to not have Kyler Edwards go bonkers from deep. Uh, yesterday, he, he had a great game, and Houston grabbed almost 50% of their offensive boards against Tulane. Uh, so that is a concern, but I, like I said, I think Memphis can compete with that. So I'm going under Matthew, mostly an efficiency based under, which is scary, but I also think maybe we'll get a slightly shorter uh, or lower possession count too.
2: Yeah. Did you mention the Fabian white thing um, pivot analysis did a breakdown of their top, I think 15 most impactful players from an adjusted odd off perspective, um, you know, accounting for quality of opponent, garbage time, those lineup inconsistencies He's third, like Chet Holgrim's one, Ryan Davis, Vermont. Um, Yeah, like Vermont, by the way, is a mini juggernaut. I would not sleep on them in the tournament, by the way, folks. We'll talk about them, I'm sure, as the week progresses. Third is Fabian White, absolute man child up front. I think he matters a lot. This team is already dwindling for depth as is. Um, The the money's coming on Memphis pretty hard, I think rightfully so. So um, I think at plus three, it's too cheap for me to take, plus four. Uh, But if you caught five,
1: I tip my cap to you. Well done, you sharp. To be clear, my number for the under is 133.5. That, that is what out there. I see the chat asking about it. But, yep, 133.5 is what I'm I'm taking for the best bet. A uh, couple more notes here. Memphis. So,
0: kind of crushed Houston in those first two meetings. Um, <laughs> the important thing, I think, in those games, they kept them off the glass, number one, which is hard to do against Houston. And without Fabian White, if he ends up not playing, that's even more of an advantage for Memphis. And they shot pretty well from deep. And that's not really a fluke. Memphis can shoot. You guys mentioned top ten offense uh, in the last what couple months here. That's impressive. They're also 12 and one in the last 13 games. They're also 11 and two against the spread in those 13 games. I kind of think they do it again here. I kind of think they went out right, but I'll take uh, the plus three and a half though, just in case. Next one, big 10 finishes us off here. No real seed implications guys, because if you've been watching the fielding of 60 fielding, the 68 show, the committee's decision, it's basically locked in already here. Uh, Matt, Iowa-Purdue, my first thought was, wow, this spread is short, but did you know Iowa is now the top-ranked Big Ten team in Pong? Yes. Zero, zero people saw that coming in the preseason. Now, for my money, I still think Purdue is the best team in this league. Obviously, the market does too by favoring them by two points here. Iowa should have lost to Indiana. A Bohannon bank and Indiana just losing Bohannon completely for three or four possessions in a row cost them. Who do you like in this game?
2: Purdue, best bet, minus two. I take it up to three. Uh, I've been fading Iowa a lot, and I've been losing a lot, although Indiana, I think, brought them back down to earth yesterday. And then Jordan O'Hannan doing what he does, late-game heroics. He is an assassin in clutch situations. There's a reason Purdue beat this team twice this year, Jim. I don't think that's a fluke with the way uh, Purdue can exploit Iowa's lack of, I would say, brute force up front without sacrificing too much in terms of versatility and switchability. On the printer. And I know I was or I was offense could shred Purdue's um defense to shreds. Certainly a risk. That's why you saw a shootout, I think, in that first game. Uh, shreds, shred Want it to shreds, baby. Shred shreds, baby. Um, but I still think Purdue can outshred the other offense in this one. So I think this is gonna be a high-scoring game. Yep. Total's been bet up three points. So I think people are picking that up to up to 151. It's a big number for a championship game, especially if it plays pretty close. You think it slows down a little bit? Um, but I think both these teams know they can get theirs in transition. So we'll be looking to attack when opportunities present all that said Purdue minus two, Jim best bet. Boom. Bang gavel. There
1: you go. Uh, yeah. Mr. Pomeroy projects this at 161 points, Matt. So wow. for it to be 150 and a half and open like 148, that tells you how much they've been like kind of spooked by some big 10 unders Purdue has been actually a pretty heavy under team in the tournament. So yes, far. they have, although it snuck over yesterday, uh, Michigan with the late game following, they did sneak over the, total, but uh, Purdue's played 61 possessions, 63 possessions. That's, that is that uh, is relatively low for them. Oh, yeah. uh, I will note that Keegan Murray did not play in the first game at Purdue. Or that is, is rather notable. <laughs> uh, although the, the final uh, margin of seven is maybe a bit deceiving too, because Iowa was down 20 in the second half and then pressed yeah. Purdue and the Boilermakers completely melted down. Uh, I, Kai, I just, I buy this Iowa team. I, every time I watch them, I, the offensive uh, potency, Tony Perkins has really emerged for them. They have they have weapons off the bench. Uh, the size is definitely a concern, but they, they played Ogundele, who is not a great basketball player, to be clear. Uh, he, they, he played a little in both of the meetings here and actually kind of held up well just being like a, a big dude to get in the way. Uh, and it didn't cramp Iowa's offense too much because they have so much other shooting. So I, I'm i a little spooked, Matthew, but I'm, I'm not betting this game and I wish you well on the Boilers.
2: It's worth mentioning real quick. Sorry, Kai. Um, Matt Painter and his post-game com- or comments yesterday like let off the Iowa take with, hey, pipe down. I know you guys look at the fact we beat them twice the regular season, but Keegan Murray did not play that first game and was in foul trouble game two. So um, pretty heavy asterisks next to those that uh, that regular season sweep.
0: Yeah, uh, Keegan Murray is a problem for Purdue. I, I don't know who guards him. First, Gillis. I don't really know if either of them can handle him. Purdue's defense, as the chat has so astutely pointed out it hasn't been good this year uh but i don't think Iowa can stop purdue either they couldn't in the first two matchups um and williams are obviously a problem or brach is not awful but i think those two will still get theirs who guards Jaden ivy perkins jim like you mentioned he has really stepped up he is a big guard probably gets the matchup there i think purdue does get the cover i'm with matthew i think it's a high scoring game as well so i do lean towards the
1: over as well last note kai um i mentioned keegan murray being out for the first one In the second one at Iowa, the Hawkeyes shot sub-30% from three, 29.6%. Purdue shot 59% from deep, 13 of 22. That's how you win by 10 on the road. I'm not sure that's fully sustainable, or at least that split is fully sustainable. Both teams are great shooting teams. I wouldn't expect to see one shoot 30% better than the other today. I agree. All right, well, gosh, short show.
0: Let's remind the folks at home, though, of our best bets, starting with Matt.
2: Uh, what's my best bet against Kai? Remind me. Oh, yeah. Purdue minus two. Just talked about it. Um, I would take it up to three. Maybe I'm stubborn and I'm not believing in the Iowa thing. Maybe I'm discounting, you No. Know, Keegan Murray in the first two matchups. There's a million reasons why yeah, I'm probably a like wrong. Play the second one. Yeah, no, but he didn't play a lot first half. Uh, all that said, Purdue's a better team. Minus two. This Iowa thing is going to come back down to earth slowly.
1: I wonder if Iowa's uh, this year's Oregon State for Matthew, where he just just bets against them. They and go to the final and four. <laughs> and yeah, I know. my <laughs> God, damn beavers. Um yeah, my my best bet was the Houston Memphis under 133 and a half, Kai. And mine is Yale, plus three. It tips in 23 minutes.
0: Let's watch some basketball. Get ready for the selection show. And after the bracket is revealed tonight, the three men weave, me, Jim, and Matt, will be live on the field of 68 network doing our quick reactions to the bracket. It's at 8 p.m. Central tonight, gonna to be about an hour show. We'll get our gut reaction to the bracket. Give you some early picks. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll we'll chat it up. We'll chop it up. Heck Jim might have a drink or two. We'll see you then. Thanks to bet.